Well, hello there and welcome along to another edition of The 116. My name is Greg Fish. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. The 116 is a podcast about living higher, wider, closer, and deeper. It's a better life. Find out more about that, by the way, at PeoriaOne.com. PeoriaOne.com. Come there and join us for the conversation. Leave your questions or comments on our contact forms there, PeoriaOne.com. The 116 is a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. Don't forget to like us and share us on social media and uh, on YouTube. By the way, uh, we're available on all podcast platforms. If you uh, subscribe or follow, depending upon the terminology of wherever you are, that way you get all the updates and keep apprised of everything that's going on. Plus, it helps us get the word out, so we encourage you to do that. Well, I'm excited about my guest today because this is as close to having a celebrity in the studio with me as I ever get, Mr. Greg Batten. Welcome, sir. Welcome to the studios. Good to see you, Greg. How are you? I'm great. And this is your first time in our uh, new, brand new facility. Do you call this something, this room that we are currently in, is it called something? Because you need like a cool name. Well, the whole room is called the Digital Media Suite. Oh, no. You don't like that, though. No, you need something like the Den. The den. Or, or, or the bullpen. or You know what I mean? Or some, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll come up before the end of the show. Let's come up with a name for it. So when you This s- is a sweet room. It is. This is beautiful. So when I, I tell people that we are located in the bowels of the church, that's probably not exactly no, what we're looking for. Then that's not good from, marketing. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Let's stay away from that one. Yeah, okay. But, but I think that this it's very warm in here. Uh-huh. Uh, it feels like uh, like I'm in a club of some kind, not like a nightclub, but like I'm in a belong to a club. Mm-hmm. And, and your description, what are those words that you you say at the beginning there uh, about uh, what this podcast oh, is about? Higher, wider, closer, deeper. That is beautiful. I really, like, I really like it. Well, I appreciate nice. that. Yeah. 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 It's just, just our little um, uh, way of telling folks that, uh, you know, we try to enrich lives here. Yeah. We take people, uh, you know, Closer to each other, closer to God, closer to yeah, and and really, this is this is what it's about here. What we're doing here is about taking people higher, wider, closer, deeper. Because the reason I have you here with us, this is your second time, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, D- Dan Phillips eclipses you in, in and the pastor, <laughs> but other than that, oh, um, I'm number three. That's great. Yeah, That's good company. Um, uh, but you, if anybody, have your finger on the pulse of this community, being uh, the guy who is the top. Rated morning, still top-rated morning radio yep, host yep. In, in the community. And uh, so we want to talk about our community because uh, the heart of ministry is understanding where we are. And uh, we figure you're, you're the guy to bring on All to right, do that. I so will you do can, my best. Okay, sounds good. So, so let's start here. The last time we talked, I'm going to start with the, hev- the heaviest stuff okay, first. Please. The last time we talked, uh, racial tensions were really heating up around the nation and then in Peoria. So I'm not sure how many months it has been, but your assessment of how, how are we doing, because you weren't optimistic about how we were doing as a community when it came to racial tensions. Have you seen anything better, worse in your mind as far as how things are going on that front? I honestly don't recall exactly where that conversation went that first time, but I will say this. Um, I think we are striving to understand this is going to be interesting the way I'm going to say this. Okay. We're, we're not striving to understand each other as, mm-hmm. at, any better than we maybe did, but we are striving to understand where we are. Okay. And I think there's a subtle nuance to that. And that's a good first step to me. That's a good step. I think now I'm hearing more and more conversations with people that are um, on one side or another of a racial conversation mm-hmm. who are trying to understand where we or they are in that conversation. So, I mean, obviously the, 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 the dynamite one is 
the conversation of racial, uh, a critical race theory that everyone's right. arguing about. Right. That that to me is is over way over on one side mm-hmm. because it's it's uh, a little bit theoretical. It's it's a, it's very charged. And uh, having, if you're going to do anything in a in a kid's curriculum at school, that's a very charged matter. Sure. But so 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 step away from that and and talk about just the everyday things. And I and I I probably like you, I watch a lot. I I, I observe a lot as much as I can, and especially feel vibes. Mm-hmm. I have been married for 26 years to an African American woman. We have two children who are obviously mixed race. And so I'm I'm aware of where people uh, are in conjunction with us, how they talk to us, how they look at us, how they how they make us feel. And I will say that I think that more and more people uh, on every side of everything are doing a better job of reaching, not reaching out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be short of that, mm-hmm. but having a paused moment to reflect on their own about what they believe in. Does that make any sense? I know I sure. kind of took a long turn to get to that place, but. Well, and, and to degree, I think there's a sense of ridiculous about us being a couple of white guys sitting around and, and conjecturing oh, 100%. A, a, about this. But at the same time, we're the ones that need to do a lot of work as far as understanding where we need to go. So I suppose just speaking our language and understanding how we think about things like this is, is at least maybe moderately helpful. I think it's moderately helpful. And, and if my experience can and be, can be any example, I grew up in a community that was all white. I, I didn't have any friends of any different uh, race than what I grew up with. They mm-hmm. all looked like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so as I, Became married and in a relationship, and then married to my wife. Uh, Thirty, uh, almost thirty years ago is when we started our relationship. I guess maybe twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was dumb about stuff. I, I didn't sure. know certain sure. things. Well, after you're with somebody for that many years, you pick up on nuances of how uh, people are talked to or about, or just uh, just uh, the 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 differences in in families. Mm-hmm. Um, my I grew up in a family where um, food was not a celebration. Hmm. It was not a celebration. We had food, but mm-hmm. but my mom wasn't a particularly good cook, and we didn't have big. We had dinners, but it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't this thing. Okay. And then I and then I come into uh, Yvonne, my wife, uh, her family, and and the culture is so different. And and food celebrations, family reunions, and and Thanksgivings and Christmas are wildly different. There's pride and there's joy and there's singing and dancing and stuff that I didn't grow mm-hmm. up with. That's a that's a small part. That's a tiny tiny sliver mm-hmm. of what I have learned uh, culturally is different the way I grew up and the way my wife grew up. Is that a black and white thing? Eh, maybe it could be just that my family came from Germany and were kind of mm. stoic. Yeah. And 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 in hearted and hard, you know, and I mean hard faced people. Sure. And my wife's family learned the joy of being together as a family because of the struggles they shared for generations. So, uh, I, I think we get hung up too much on, um, black, white, uh, Latino, whatever it is. Uh, you're this way, and you're this way. It's it's more like how did you grow up, and and why did you grow up that way? Yeah. 
Well, you know, and I'm not think, answering that very well, but that's no, no, in my heart. Well, and here's what concerns me, I guess, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted your take on this yeah. issue is that things seem to have, if you will, quietened down. Now, when they quieten down, does that mean we get content? Like, oh, shh, let's not yeah, stir no, things yeah, up. Let's right, not talk right, about maybe, it. Maybe. Or, or have they truly moved to a better place? And that's where I really don't have a feel for what's going on. Well, around my, me. my, my uh, practical side will tell you or tell me. Mm-hmm to say it's quieter because there's more noise other places. Okay. The noise of COVID. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 everyone's nervous of some level. You're either nervous because you're afraid you're going to get it, or mm-hmm. you're nervous because you don't want the vaccine, or you're nervous because you think there's government overreach, or you're worried that, that people aren't paying attention. Somebody's nervous about something regarding COVID. It is Hard to concentrate on a bunch of big things at the same time. Sure. And sure. so the cycle of news, and I'm in a news talk station, where you 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 will have repetitive things that are there every day, every day, every day, and then uh, then one day they go away, mm-hmm. and, and like how how did it, how did it go away? Well, there's something new that has replaced it, and for a minute. Uh, the media does not like a vacuum, mm-hmm. so uh, so there will be some big news story. And in the and I'm not downplaying the conversation about what racial conversations should be, but they often are used to fill in the hole when there's nothing else to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's often that way. Well, and it seems like to me that one of the things I figured out from being in this area is they're very much is such a thing as two Peorias. Oh, that there's 100%. that beautiful riverfront city yep. uh, that uh, has some really positive things going for it. That's not too yep. big, not too small, but yet then there's another community that has some of the highest crime statistics in the country. If well, I'm not one, mistaken, one of the poorest zip codes in the United States, if not the is six one six Oh five, which is just about two miles from where we sit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and we see it around us too. That's part of the ministry of this church is ministering to the communities that sure. live around here because we have a a, a lot of uh, homeless and disadvantaged folks. We have the Dream Center, which does a fantastic job of helping our yep. community. But uh, really, right in the heart of all that. Now, you mentioned COVID, and that's my my next place to go. It's uh, you know, we were all just taking a big sigh of relief that it seems like we're coming out of the pandemic, yep. and then they start talking about Delta Dawn. What's that? Right virus oh, you I have do, on you know i do the same thing yeah i do this you and i are kindred spirits because yeah. every time it's mentioned uh-huh. i privately sing that song. <laughs> i do i uh, uh helen reddy uh-huh. uh we, you and i both are doing the same thing with that delta word except maybe mine is is tanya tucker because i grew up on country but uh yeah did she did she cover that same yeah song? yeah oh man I, I forgot that yeah so wait a minute uh, uh helen reddy did it first mm-hmm. and then right, and then right. tiny did it later okay right, all right, right. Yeah, I all think right. Tanya was like 13 when she recorded it. Though. Okay, yeah. all right, okay. Yeah. I'll believe you. So so are, are, what are we looking at here? I mean, uh, I, there, it's it's hard to know what, what the truth is today, except I, I'm one of those maybe schmucks that trust my medical community, that trust the things my doctors and nurses tell me. And if they tell me something with a straight face, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I feel pretty relieved about it. So as far as looking at the um, the vaccine is concerned, as far as taking precautions, but do you think we're, for example, are we heading back to mask land again? Are we going to have to mask up again, do you think? Mm. What, what, what are we looking at? Uh, yes, I believe we, we are going to have to. Okay. I believe that. Yeah. I don't want it. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that we're going to do it, but I think we we are. Yeah. Lady sent me a note today to ask me a question, and I haven't yet responded to her. Okay. And this is the question. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, she said, tell me where the mRNA vaccine has worked. And I am struggling to answer her because the answer I have in my heart, my, my, my fast answer is, well, 99% of the people that are hospitalized currently over the last month mm-hmm. are people who have not been vaccinated. So I would say that the mRNA vaccine, where it has worked, is now. Mm-hmm. It, 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 is, it is absolutely working. Is, does it have a long track record? No, it does not. It is relatively new. Right. So here's the part that's interesting to me. Is that I don't think people, and again, and I'm not, no scientist. This is just stuff I've learned from being on the radio talking about this every day for the last number of months, is this mRNA technology is going to change everything. And if you want to talk about a big spiritual conversation, mm-hmm. mRNA technology has the ability to cure dozens of diseases that kill us. Wow. And there is a guy by the name of Jake Beecraft. He grew up here. Mm-hmm. He has a PhD in uh, physics from MIT. Mm-hmm. He owns a company called Strand Therapeutic. He is trying to get Peoria to be a center for labs that are going to be at the forefront of this, what I'm about to tell you, okay, is where, let's say, you and I have the exact same diagnosis. We both have, I'm going to pick something, bone cancer. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the mRNA injection, we both get it, but your body's different than mine. You have a different DNA. I have a different DNA. The way that, and this is in lay ter- person's terms here, but so that mRNA technology ignites your autoimmune system and it ignites mine, but not, not the same. We're not getting the same shot. We're getting, we're being given the same chance. And the chance is that your body will quote heal itself from within courtesy of this boost from this MRNA um, injection. Okay. That's a real, real basic way of saying this, but where it comes interesting to me is I asked Jake on the radio not long ago, Mm -hmm. I said, what is this going to do to life expectancies? And he goes, it is likely you will live to be 120. I don't know if I like that or not. Me either. And it brings up a whole host of other problems. How, how am I going to have money? To be 120. Yes. How are we, as if, if less people die, mm-hmm. how are we going to deal with overpopulation? How are we going to do with the resources that we already have a hard problem uh, scattering around evenly, right? And, and spiritually, is that is that something that uh, us Christians think, oh, that's a good idea? I, well, I don't know. I right. don't know where that falls. Mm-hmm. But it's a real, This it's where it's coming. It's not, this is not science fiction. This is coming in the next 10 years. Wow. wow. And, and, and Peoria, but you were asking me earlier about what the future of Peoria is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Beecraft and people like him are attempting through a, something called Peoria Biomade to have laboratories headquartered here in Peoria, right down the street in the warehouse district of downtown Peoria, to be at the forefront of this. Peoria literally could be the the headquarters wow. of this world changing technology mm-hmm. it's going to happen mm-hmm. it's it's a matter of where it's going to happen so now that slides over to the economic part of medicine mm-hmm. and the impact it could have on a community the size of peoria it could be it could be mind altering right well 
You know, I, I heard an interesting observation about people's response to these things, and because we pretty much realize that people's responses are falling along political lines these days. A lot of cases, yeah, um, for uh, sure. And, and, you know, I have people who I respect greatly and, and know to be very intelligent people who are really think very differently about me on this subject uh, than I do. And one of the observations that I've heard, the difference between this and the polio vaccination, which was maybe the last really big major vaccination to come around of this level, was that the government let it happen in the private sector, whereas this time around the government has tried to take the lead on pushing the vaccine, and as a result, it's become a political issue rather than a social issue. Do you think there's any validity to that yeah, idea? Yeah, there probably is. I'm not uh, real hip on, I'm not old enough for the polio story. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just prior to me being around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say you're probably right about that. Also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jonas Salk, uh, who came up with the vaccine, made zero money. Mm. He, he, he refused to make money on it. Wow. Okay. And, and I don't believe that's happening today. Okay. <laughs> you know. I believe there's people making a boatload of money. We would like to think uh, that the yeah. companies are altruistic. Probably yeah, not. No, not so much. Uh, but but I, I I I think it's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a unfair comparison sometimes to talk about prior vaccines. Okay. Because this is not the this is not your dad or mom's or even our big brother's vaccine. Mm-hmm. This is completely different. Different thing. And and this this igniting of the protein cells and all that stuff that happens with this vaccine, it, it's we're not being injected with COVID, like like the the you know the flu vaccine. They try to guess at what the flu is going to be every year, and they try to replicate it and give us that so we can fight against it. That's not the way this works. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I absolutely understand that's frightening, right. because what is it? Yes, what is it? Uh, and and I don't know what your original question about COVID was, but. Um, I think we are going to be in for some months of turmoil, and I think for the next few weeks, this is mid-August that we're talking today, uh, schools, some of them have already started. Other ones are going to start next week. Going back to school is going to be clunky. Yeah. going to be clunky. I mean, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but since I've had the vaccine, I do pick up C-SPAN now. Which, nice. Oh, that's uh, yeah. great. It's boring, though. I mean, I have no trouble <laughs> sleeping, that's for sure. Uh, no, just kidding. Well, but, you know, the, just we were talking about the fiery reaction to the um, to the vaccinations and, you know, are we in for another round of shutdowns, which I can't imagine how devastating that would be to our, our friends in, in business, restaurant yeah. owners and that sort of thing. Here's what I think. I, I really do think. Now, I'm going to maybe sound like I'm talking out of two sides of my, of my face here, but maybe we won't have the shutdowns. The masks, I think, we're going to be asked to do, and yes. we're already being asked. To. Sure, sure. I came in here today not knowing what your situation was. Mm-hmm. I'm vaccinated, and you're vaccinated, and I wore one in out of respect for you because I didn't know what the situation was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, uh, but what I read today, the mayor of San Francisco, they, if you're going to do anything in San Francisco, you are going to have to show a vaccine card. Interesting. And I think that's where it's going to go. Yeah. Now the question I have, and, and this is an unanswered question in my mind, but just to toss it out there for folks to think about, what is the liability of a place, a business, a venue, a school, if they don't require masks or vaccines hmm. and someone gets yeah. COVID and dies? Hmm. Uh, let's say, let's say a school. Uh, so a school says, you know what, we're not going to do mask mandate. Mandate, you can do it if you want to, but we're not going to mandate it. And a child now, these under twelve year olds are not protected by anything other than a mask because there's no vaccine for them. They, a, some, a child dies in the world that we live in. Do you not think that those parents are going to sue that school district? I do. I think they absolutely will. 
because yes, yes. You, you, you lost someone and then you could easily argue, well, you, entity, didn't do enough to protect my family member. I think so. I, I think that yeah. I think we're going to see that for the next 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Those I, losses. I, I think. Well, now, the thing that I've, I've been on the forefront of it, and you know, in the years past, I, I've served as a senior pastor, and I'm kind of glad that I'm not in that role now because I've watched our pastor here, Pastor Tim Osmond, have to struggle with uh, being the man in the hot seat for deciding these issues, which, uh, I mean, and I think Tim, Pastor Tim has done an incredible job uh, with navigating the situation when it's really impossible to make anybody happy with your decisions. Yeah. Uh, as far as being a guy who's on the air and regularly talking to people, are you in a similar, I mean, it, it's a different occupation, but still a similar idea that are you finding it harder than ever to keep the public happy with what you're doing or are you getting more dissension no. than ever before? No. No, 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 no more dissension or anything. Okay. I, I, the approach that my partner Dan and I take, mm-hmm. we are not on the radio to tell anybody what to do. Gotcha. On, on any subject. We've been doing this for 16 years. Mm-hmm. We will bring up stuff and we, we approach it as two guys, like this, what we're doing right here. Uh-huh. Two men uh-huh. sitting around talking about the stuff that affects us. Sure. And sometimes, I mean, obviously we try to be funny and we try to be uh, sometimes satirical and things like that. But but we're not the kind of radio talk show that says you must do this or you're dumb. You know mm-hmm. that's not happening. Yes. And so so um, we don't get. I don't think we get a lot of that because we don't intend to do that. What we intend to do is tell you everything we know, mm-hmm. and maybe give you our take on it. Because mm-hmm. some things don't make sense to me. In the state of Florida right now, uh, the governor there, who is very um, uh, anti-mask mandate. And the school districts, they're ball, they're they're button heads because the schools want to have masks, and he doesn't want them to have them. But now, yesterday, he announced he's going to have a COVID strike force, which is going to go out and and um, um, provide these injections of plasma from people who had already had COVID. They're going to take the antibodies from that plasma and inject them in people who are diagnosed with COVID to relieve their symptoms, to try to save their lives. Okay. To me, that makes, I don't want to say no sense, but I don't understand. So over here, a person doesn't want to take the vaccine, but over here they're willing to put plasma in their arm from somebody that already had the disease. I have a hard time computing that. I have a hard time computing it. And on top of that, it's going to cost the state billions of dollars in taxpayer money to get that program done and the vaccine's free. So so all of so I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, mm-hmm. but I do like to think, well, we're going to tell you all that. We're going to tell you all of that. You yeah. make sense of that the way you make sense of it. Yeah. But if somebody tells me they don't want the vaccine for whatever reason, I don't get mad at them. Yeah. Or if they say uh, that uh, I hate vaccine people, I'm not going to get mad. I, there's, there's no room for that. And that's the problem. We got into a place now where you can't have a conversation without somebody picking a side. Well, and we're such funny people anyway. The things that we decide to make an issue and that we don't. I mean, I, I one of the arguments I hear is we don't know what we're putting into our body. Well, you eat hot dogs, don't you? You know? I see uh, that hot dog yeah, story all the yeah. time. And it makes me laugh. Yeah. Most, And the other one is um, uh, the distrust of science. Uh-huh. Every single, I, I would defy you to name something in your life today that didn't involve science. Something. Sure. 
We're sure. sitting in a room that reeks of science. Everything right. that we're doing right now, mm-hmm. allowing and, and you listening to it on whatever device you're listening to, mm-hmm. is science. science. The radio station I work at is science. The car I go home in is science. The shirt you're wearing is science. Everything we do is science. And it's interesting to me that we pick some versions of science and go, eh, I don't know if they know <laughs> what they're doing. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, and, and, you know, one of the interesting things about uh, just – I don't want to wrap this up, but the, the mask conversation is my doctor told me that she has never seen such a low incidence of flu yes. uh, as what she's seen. So to me, yeah, I think we can measure some benefit. Even, you know, yeah. whatever your position is, the doctors are saying never seen less flu incidents before. Yeah, because we did a good job. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Well, let, let's let's talk about some different, more lighter things okay. you are right now. I had, I had an experience recently that I just loved. My, my grandkids were in town from Tulsa, and I took them to the Peoria Riverfront Museum. Nice. Never been there before. That is a fantastic place, and they have the T-Rex exhibit. Yeah. And um, that's one of those undiscovered gems in our community, and I'm wondering, are, are there other places that I haven't discovered yet? What? What, in, in your viewpoint, are some of the undiscovered gems of our community? How old are your grandchildren? For uh, eight and nine. And they might be a tad on the upside of this, but in Glen Oak Park is the Peoria Playhouse Children's Museum. Okay. And especially if you have kids, I'll go, I might, I might exclude you, your folks a little bit, maybe six and under. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful place. It's in the old uh, uh, gazebo, not gazebo, uh, old uh, building there that used to be the headquarters of the park district. Okay. And it's a hands-on place where the kids play in the water and they play sand. It's very touchy-feely, kind of interactive place. Gorgeous place. Uh, the Peoria Zoo is also an unheralded place. It's uh, fantastic. I'll tell you one. This is a commercial entity. This is a commercial entity. Maybe your kids are now, your grandkids are a little young. Mm-hmm. Maybe. There's a place called Cartville. You ever been to Cartville? I have not. It is a go-kart tracks. Okay. Mini golf place, uh-huh. batting cages. They have a little nice. water bumper boats and things like that. Okay. It's on Swords Avenue off of Farmington Road. It, and I, to be honest with you, I haven't taken my family there in years. But it is awesome. It uh-huh. is just one of those places you go, I didn't know this was here. It's awesome. You got to take your grandkids over there. Uh, let's go around the corner. Let's see uh, what else we got. Pekin's Mineral Springs Park. Okay. Uh, my hometown. That's where I grew up. You can go the paddle boats out on the lagoon for a couple of bucks or something. Spend an hour out on the uh, on the lagoon paddling around and realizing that you haven't done leg work in a while because it's. <laughs> and then you and you get your kids, you get the grandkids wet because you go by the big fountain and it splashes. That is a beautiful park, and they got nice playgrounds and picnic areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the if you're a hiker and a walker, Forest Park Nature Center, uh, Grandview Drive, of course, to walk. And there's just so many places to enjoy the outdoors here. I, I just think the list. Oh, another one, Donovan Park. Donovan Park, which is out north more in Knoxville area. That used to be a golf course a number of years ago. Yeah, the park, um, yes. Park yes. district decided to di- dissociate the golf part of it. And now it's this just open green space. Awesome. It is like our own central park right in the middle of ours. And it, it is almost literally in the center of Peoria. And by the way, I need somebody to explain this game of golf to me because I now live on a golf course. Oh, I don't you do. play golf. Yeah, nice. Which is kind of a weird. I love the the view, yeah. but it's just so it amuses me to yeah. watch the golfers out there, especially yeah. the guys with these uh, these uh, contraptions that carry their their golf clubs for them, but it kind of walk mechanically along beside them because yep. it's so hard to actually push them. So, are, are you a golf player? Or by any well, chance? Uh, here's how this goes. I grew up playing golf. Uh-huh. From the time I was a little boy, my dad and I played every weekend. I was on my golf team in high school. 
I played a lot of golf in my 20s, and mm-hmm. then I did something that stopped golf. What's that? Had children. Yeah, okay, children okay, came yeah, along, yeah. my oldest two, Katie and David, and then uh, you get busy with something else, right? Sure. And then you go out once in a while, and then you think you still know how to play, and you don't <laughs> because you haven't been playing. Right. And then I got worse and worse. Then my son got old enough to play golf, so then my son David and I would go play, and he got quite good. And then I then he became a man and moved on to his life, and I stopped playing again. I'll play twice a year. By the time I'm on the ninth hole, I want to throw my clubs in the lake because you got to play in order to have it be enjoyable, right? Well, yeah. This year, however, I have played more golf than I've played in a long time because that same son of mine, David, who's 34, started asking his old man to go out and play golf just the way my dad and I played when I was a kid, and uh, it's cool. And yeah. now I don't worry about it so much. I'm still not great again, but I was never great, but I'm still not very good. But I don't care anymore because it's the fun of being out there with my sure. son. Well, and my standard line is I have trouble getting past the hole with a windmill. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes. but but it's a game that requires yeah. you to do the most unnatural of stances. People yes. have tried to teach me, and I, I I'm uncorded. There's a man. If you ever want to, if you ever want to learn how to play, I got a guy who works at the Peoria Park District. His name is Greg. Also, Greg Walker. Okay, he's the pro. Good name at the Learning Center. Uh-huh. He will teach you how to play. Awesome. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, the golf was a little diversion. They're talking about hidden gems within the community. Any others that came to your mind that, uh, that we should mention here for the folks that, uh, let's see. Uh, of course you got the riverfront, uh, anything that's happening on the riverfront, uh, concert wise. I think one of the, the great treasures of central Illinois is our arts community. And sure, by arts, sure. by arts, I mean every possible, uh, definition of that mm-hmm. visual arts, the Peoria art guild down, uh, downtown, uh, to the amount of, extraordinary talent that exists musically in this community. It's incredible. There are bands and players and singers and performers all around central Illinois. And now, and now it's, it's maybe getting bumpy a little bit with COVID again, but we opened the doors back up to go see live music Mm -hmm. and people rushed back out. Yes. And so if you get a chance to just go and find some nice music. Go do it, man. Go yeah. do it. And I'm thrilled by the fact the shows are coming back in general anyway. Oh, that I the, uh, I mean, I, I went out and anxiously bought tickets to see comedian Nate Margazzi, who's coming to the area. I, I, I hope that actually happens. But uh, yeah, just, just see and seeing the comedy clubs open back yep. up. And I notice that you're doing uh, more and more gigs yeah, these days I'm back. as well. I do, I do part-time uh, uh, stand-up comedy, and I've had a few in the last little bit. And i got another one coming up next week. Uh, I've never done this before, but my wife and I are doing a show together oh. where I'm going to do comedy. My wife is not a comedian, but she uh-huh. is a singer. So she's going to start, she's going to do the first half of the show uh, with her accompanist, Winston, and they're and they're going to perform music. And then I'm going to come up and wrap it up with stand-up, I think. I mean, I'm not sure how this is going <laughs> to We've never done it quite this way before, so it's going to be fun. So she she's opening your wife is opening. Yeah, I hesitate. I'm, I've been married long enough to say that I will never say that. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You gotcha, know what I mean? Gotcha. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know uh, what I mean? I hear, I hear you, my okay. friend. Yes. Okay. Well, fan- and by the way, your your wife is probably one of your greatest assets. She's uh, just a fantastic person. And my wife Yvonne Greer oh, uh, is a, a, a multitude of talents. She does yes. a lot of different things, and I'm trying to encourage her. You know, when you see somebody, and you know somebody who has a talent that God gave them. Mm-hmm. And they use it, but they're not using it as much as you think that God wants them to. Like, I know what God wants, right? <laughs> but but that's the way I feel about my wife. She's so extraordinarily entertaining when she sings. And and I, I, I just want people to see it. 
uh-huh. and not not for her, uh, you know, honor or glory or whatever, but just to see what uh, what talent was given to her because it's natural. It just came to her. And uh, so I'm my, I'm quietly trying to encourage more of that, but it's uh, gotcha. that's an interesting trip. Gotcha. Well, Greg Batten, it's been a pleasure to this have you. This is over already? It's, I, I know it's hard to believe, this isn't it? These things just fly by. Yeah. I, I had Dan Phillips in here the other day, and I thought it would never end. So, uh, <laughs> no, just kidding, Dan. Does a great job. But uh, privilege to have wait you with us. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes. I, huh? Before you wrap it up, how, yeah. about, how about the brickyard? The brickyard. Because you have a brick wall behind you. Yes. Uh, we came at the beginning of this. We talked about a name. We should name this room. Oh, I forgot about that. The yes, brickyard. The brickyard. The brick. The uh, the the bricks. Uh, the brick. How about just the brick? Hey, hey, welcome to the, the brick. brick. I don't know. I'm struggling. I don't be, being a Hoosier myself. Being from Southern Indiana, the yeah. brickyard has a lot of yeah, extra and that might be meaning. copywritten too. The brick. True. Yeah. True. We work but work the, on the brick thing. Uh, or the wall. How about the wall? The hey, wall. Welcome to the wall. No, and, that doesn't sound good. And then I'm another brick in the wall. Yeah. You, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because uh, clearly, I don't need no education. So true enough. Yes. All right. Well. Well, you've you've got. <laughs> You know what needs to happen? I need to die so they can just name the room after me and oh. uh, uh, just kind of lay down my life so the room can have a, a great name, the Fish House or the something. The Fish Den, not the Fish, fish House. That's yeah, a restaurant. Yeah. The fish, they'll see oh, you that's too. true. That's true. That's the true. Fish, the Fish Den, the Fish, uh, the Fishing Hole. Uh-huh. The Fishing Hole. Fishing Hole. The Fishing Hole. I'm Greg Fish at the Fishing Hole. Welcome fish to the Fishing Hole. hole. I you love know, it. I like Let's that. Let's go with it. I right. like that. Right, okay. So when when I was in high school, I had a column called something fishy. So I guess that would work out. There you go. Perfect. Well. Okay. Perfect. We've got a name for the place now. The yeah. fish hole. We've accomplished more than I ever thought we would accomplish here this morning. Greg, again, thank you very much for coming along with us. It's been a pleasure. This is the one one six. It's a podcast about living life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. A presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. And don't forget to like us and share us on social media. Be sure and follow us or subscribe as well, if you will, please, on YouTube for example. It's free and it keeps you updated on all of our episodes. Go to PeoriaOne.com for more info. That's PeoriaOne.com. My name is Greg Fish and I'm out of here. Thanks for joining us today.